0: It's time for J.T. the Brick. So what do we want to talk about with the Raiders? We're the seventh pick. The Las Vegas Raiders select. It's a big moment for this organization since they moved to Las Vegas. The first four or five picks have to be electric. They have to be great Raider players who are starters, not developmental guys with parking on the practice squad. We're done with that. We have no room for failure. J.T. the Brick. Oh, a reminder. I want to go all defense. Defense defense. I want to go all defense because the Raiders are loaded on offense, absolutely loaded, and then their defense is vastly improved because of the draft. That's my perfect scenario. So that's what our programming is going to be like as a flagship of the Raiders over the next couple of weeks is the draft. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose, and that's it. Are you with me on that? And now, just win, baby. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. What a day to be on the radio. The countdown to the NFL draft on an NFL flagship team Raider Nation Radio on the Raiders mobile app, 920 a.m. in Vegas. And however you download us, I go to Alexa. I say, Alexa, play Raider Nation Radio. And some voice somewhere in a cloud says, oh, that's JT. He just asked to play his station. Boom, it's on. How cool is that with the technology out there? We are brought to you by PTs. They have the best happy hour in town. They win all these awards for that because they give you half-off drinks from 5 to 7 midnight to 2. They're a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights, and they have the draft on during happy hour. If you're looking for a place to watch the draft and you don't have one yet, we have a lot of proud partners. The one that fuels the monologue and been with me the longest, Golden Entertainment and PTs, head on out to any of their 64-plus locations in the valley they will have the golden knights and the draft on thursday night i'm telling you and the deals and the food and the half off and the drinks that's where you need to be go on out there for a double shot as i like to say vegas golden knights and what i think is an important game i'll get to that in a moment in the nfl draft where the raiders will pick seven unless they move up or move back uh today has been a long day already it got up stayed up last night Did my show, woke up this morning, was on with my sons in two different college campuses as we finish up the JT father and son mock draft. I did this two years in a row, two years with my oldest son. I included my youngest son in it now, and it was great to converse with young kids, 21 and 19, about the draft. They have different opinions than I. We fought over a couple of picks. We didn't make any trades we know that it could go one way or the other, but we had a lot of fun doing it on a conference call. And as I said yesterday, I think they like doing that. They like to talk to their dad that way instead of getting yelled at by their dad for not cleaning up, doing certain things, leaving things out, uh, not cleaning up for their mom. So that was a nice, nice moment we had on the father and son mock draft conference call. XM is going to tweet it out here in a couple hours. We'll tweet it out and we'll see if you agree with it or not. Here's the deal. Here's what I've learned in the last 24 hours. The Texans at number two might not go with C.J. Stroud because of the test where there's mental aptitude involved, he didn't do well, which is kind of important if you're a quarterback. Remember Kyler Murray got that clause in his contract? He was really playing too many video games. He wasn't studying enough. I don't want to say that about C.J. Stroud. He might be the Raider pick. But there are people getting off of C.J. Stroud. I left him in at number two. In my mock draft, my oldest son wanted to go Anthony Richardson number two. He said, Dad, he's got the biggest ceiling. If you're going to take a shot, if you're one of these teams that have been blanking and moaning that Patrick Mahomes is kicking your ass, then if you get Anthony Richardson, you might get Patrick Mahomes. But the problem is next year, Caleb Williams is coming in, and he's better than Patrick Mahomes at the same age. When Patrick Mahomes was at Texas Tech, he was nowhere near as good as Caleb Williams now at USC. But I don't, want to, I don't want the Raiders to be in the hunt for the number one pick next year. I want the Raiders to make the playoffs this upcoming year. So Will Levis seems to be the player now. There's a rumor off of Reddick that he's been telling family and friends that he's told that he's going to go number one. I find that very hard to believe, that he's going to go over Bryce Young. But he could go number two. He might not get past number four in Indy. So two and four are really important to the Raiders because the second pick is Houston, Nick Casario – is really tight with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. So they've been talking. They're friends. They went to the same college together. They know each other. The, the Patriot connections together. What happens if Nick Casario says, look, we want to get out of two. We want to get a defensive guy, and we can get him at seven. You jump in here at number two and go get the quarterback you want, Dave, if you want him. And then the Raiders would have to give up a first-round pick. They'd have to swap their seven for a two, maybe give up next year's number one or two number twos and do that. I'd rather them not do that. I have the Raiders taking Devin Weatherspoon, the cornerback, out of Illinois. At number seven, if they take Christian Gonzalez, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I've watched every one of Witherspoon's games. That's my wife's alma mater. We really did watch all the games. And Gonzalez looks to be taller Maybe more of an NFL prospect, better than Witherspoon, but Witherspoon can tackle in space. He can get behind the line of scrimmage. He's tough, and I think he'd be a great Raider. Uh, This pick has to work. That's all I'm saying. The pick has to work. Whoever it is, he's got to be penciled in as a day-one starter, and then he's got to be able to play and play at a very high level instantly. not saying he's not going to get burned from time to time, give up a touchdown. That's expected as a rookie, but he's got to be ready to go. And then I'd like to see the Raiders trade back into the first round and get a defensive tackle. The one out of Pittsburgh, to me, makes the most sense. I'll get into that coming up after the monologue. got a couple of guests today. So I'm going to make this clear again. I don't care about 12 picks. I don't. 12 picks can't make the team. 12 picks can't make the team and the practice squad. I don't care about 12 picks. I care about seven I'd like to take the 12 and package them into upper 7s, move them up. If you can move a 4th to a 3, a 3 to a 2, whatever you got to do. I'd rather get value, but I'd rather get big-time players who can play here now. Because we've seen how many people have flamed out here in this building since they moved to Vegas, plus have flamed out around the NFL. Give me the best player available for about four or five rounds and get aggressive getting the player you want. That means if you have a pick. A good example is the Raiders from the Darren Waller trade have the 100th pick. If they see a player at 87, 87 that they love and they want and they're hoping he gets to 100, don't wait. Make a trade and go up to 87 and go get him. Do we all understand that? That's what I think that Dave Ziegler needs to do. He's got a good staff. I think Dave's going to be really good at this. I think they found players they want. Go get them wherever you want to get them. Would I be shocked if he went up and got a quarterback early? I wouldn't be shocked. I'd just be surprised. I wouldn't be disappointed because that would be the new face of the franchise that would be cool to see because the last nine years of my 24 years with the team was Derek Carr, and there hasn't been a new face of the franchise on the offensive side. The face of the franchise would be your franchise quarterback. So if the Raiders get a franchise quarterback here on Thursday, okay, that's good. Let's send out all the press releases. Someone go sit down with Jimmy G and say, Jimmy, you're on a one-year deal. You're going to be the starter here if you're not winning, if you're not out of the gate 6 and 1, realistically 4 and 2, if you're losing and you're 2 and 4 or you're 3 and 6, we're going to sit you and we're going to break in the new kid and we're going to let him be the future of the Raiders. That's that's what happens. It's one or the other. Now it's not a, it's not a hybrid of either one. If they go get a quarterback, the Jimmy Garoppolo era ends very quickly. If they don't get a quarterback, then Jimmy Garoppolo plays with a backup in Brian Hoyer, and then they're able to get a free agent quarterback next year, or they can make an offer for Lamar Jackson. They can do something that, like the Jets did for Aaron Rodgers and get an aging player. They can do whatever they want to do. So very complex what's going to happen here. And in the draft, a little peek of what I did in the JT and son's father and dra- uh, son draft, I went Bryce Young, number one, to Alabama. I went C.J. Stroud, number two, to Ohio State. I don't feel good about that. Will Anderson, three. The edge rusher. to Alabama, from Alabama, he goes to Arizona. At number four, my first big move of the draft, Anthony Richardson, quarterback of Florida. At number five, Seattle, takes Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia. At number six, Detroit, takes Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher at Texas Tech. At number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders select Devin Witherspoon, cornerback of Illinois. At number eight, Atlanta takes cornerback from Oregon, Christian Gonzalez. At number nine, Peter Skoransky, the offensive tackle who could be a Raider, from Northwestern, and rounding out my top ten, Philadelphia, Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas. Uh, that is my top ten. We'll tweet that out in a little bit, and we'll go from there as we open up the show. All right, let's get out to Q Myers, who's in Kansas City, up and running. I'm seeing all the tweets today as the uh, top players in the draft are there. Q, how you doing? How was travel getting out there?
1: Uh, travel was great, but everything else has been a nightmare. <laughs> so just to say that, uh the
0: – Well, Q, a little bit of a surprise. I can't hear you. Q, you there? Turn them back yeah. up, Bobby. I got you. Okay, so a little bit of a surprise getting out there. You're there. Tell me about the vibe, the energy, because – Vegas did an amazing job and the year before it was Nashville that did a great job. What do you expecting in Kansas City?
1: I think it's gonna be pretty exciting.
0: All right, Q, what are you thinking here? Again, you heard what I had to say. I liked I liked the corner, but this number two, what's the buzz out of Kansas City about Houston number two? Is CJ Stroud dropping? Is Levis moving up? Do you think quarterback at number two is gonna happen? Because if it doesn't, it's gonna be a jailbreak and everyone's mock draft's gonna blow up right after the first pick.
1: That's what the conversation has been here today Is is this stuff that's coming out of Houston Is it all smoke or is it real? Because if it is real, it's exactly what you just said And so there's a lot of folks Again, I talked to Daniel Jeremiah, Charles Davis, Joel Klatt They're all believing that Houston is going to go and, and make a move that none of us are seeing Coming, right? They don't believe that C.J. Stroud is going to be the guy and then he's going to drop And I'll say this, uh, JT When I was talking to C.J. Stroud earlier today He sounded very comfortable with uh, being a Raider Right? He sounded very comfortable He was in town uh, for the fight over the week weekend, took a picture with Mad Max Crosby. He has a lot of respect for Max. He had a lot of family members that want him to be a Raider. He just kept mentioning being a Raider, being a Raider, and he'll, he'd be comfortable if they took him at seven or at number three. Like, he threw that in there, not me. So I just thought that that was a pretty interesting note.
0: Wouldn't you think, too if he wasn't taken number two, that the Raiders would have no choice to wait for seven? I mean, Indy at four – comes obvious then, then C.J. Stroud could go four, but that would open up the door for Anthony Richardson if Seattle goes with Jalen Carter. I don't think Detroit's going to go quarterback. I just think it could benefit the Raiders by staying at seven. Best case scenario, a really good quarterback drops to them a quarterback they want, but the, at the second they move off seven, And go up, they're giving up at least a defensive player. One, no debate. One defensive player is gone because they didn't get him at number seven. And obviously if they trade up, they're not going to trade up for defense. And then we're digging out of that defense hole again. I find that fascinating.
1: Yeah, no, you're right about that. And that's the chess match that's going to be played by the Raiders. You know, do they want to use that, that 12, the 12 picks that they have to their benefit to maximize them, which at the, at the most would be to, to trade back and maybe get a couple more picks and then maybe target some guys, even come back like you've mentioned before at the tail end of, back, of round one and target a guy. I can see them doing that. But if they trade up, then you're right. Then they lose capital. And so you're going to miss out on a defensive player, a stud, and you're going to go get a quarterback that's probably going to have to sit behind Jimmy G for at least a year, uh, you know, and, and maybe a little bit more depending on who you go get. So I think the Raiders are in a good position to let that guy fall to them. It's just interesting to see how much they really care about C.J. Stroud or if they really care about him because if he drops a little bit, I want to see the kind of market that he may have. There's multiple teams that are tra- trying to trade up. There hasn't been a trade up in the in the top ten in what the last five drafts? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's an interesting nugget as well.
0: Yeah, I got Will Levis dropping to Washington at 16. He might mm-hmm. go one or two. It's really tough to figure out what's going to happen. But what fascinates me too for the Raiders is the offensive line, the tackle position with Skoransky out of Northwestern and Paris Johnson. I've been hearing a lot of Paris Johnson. I went through my final mock drafts. I had about 15 or 20 of them, and four or five had the Raiders going with Paris Johnson or Skoransky there. I know it's a need for the Raiders, but man, that'd be another offensive player coming in the building before they draft a stud defensive player. Right,
1: exactly. And I think that Raider Nation in a whole it would see Peter Skoronsky, and I think that would be who it would be if they were going to go uh, an offensive lineman. I don't think Raider Nation would be fired up, but it is an area of need, right? It is something that – and he's versatile. That's the one thing about him that, uh, you know, you can see why Dave Ziegler and company would like him. But I think that really if it's not the quarterback of the future, and really I think the fan base is split on the quarterbacks anyway, but if it's not the quarterback of the future, it's got to be a defensive stud. That's what I'm sure Raider Nation 1 and 1A is their ideas, you know. So an offensive lineman wouldn't be – the greatest pick, but it could be maybe the best pick.
0: Uh, Q joins us from Kansas City. He is anchoring our draft coverage. How great is it that he's out there representing our NFL flagship? I went Witherspoon over Gonzalez. Mm. I'm good with that. If it's Gonzalez over Witherspoon, uh, the height difference I don't know who you've bumped into yes but uh, yet but Gonzalez looks like he's just more of a bigger Mike Haynes I was hanging out with Mike Haynes yeah. at Politnikov, and Mike asked me about him because you know he played at ASU in the Pac-8 and in the pack eight and then the pack 10 at the time and he seemed to like him and Witherspoon is smaller but he's more explosive he, he reminds me of like a fullback running back that plays cornerback like he can see behind the line of scrimmage he can he can blitz off the edge he can tackle in space and go sideline to sideline who do you give the advantage to
1: I like Witherspoon personally more I do that I mean he just looks like a raider to me right because mm-hmm. all that physicality and plus his coverage skills and his ball hawk ability he's able to go and get the ball and take it the other way and that's something that Josh B. Daniels has mentioned multiple times they need guys that can touch the quarterback or touch the ball well Witherspoon could do that Gonzalez can as well and I asked Gonzalez straight up you know what's the, what separates you from the other uh cornerbacks in this draft the top cornerbacks and he said the versatility. I'm very, very versatile, you know, and my length. And so that's what he's got going for him is his versatility. But I think that Witherspoon's a very versatile guy too. I think it's cornerback 1 and 1A. One I personally like Witherspoon, but Joel Clatt just told me, hey, man, he ain't going to be there at 7. <laughs> he said he thinks that Detroit's going to take him or even Seattle, who, remember, they went and got a couple corners last year in the draft. So he said Seattle is a landing spot for a corner as well.
0: You know what's interesting, Q, and I've heard some people say that too, and you're talking to the best of the best who are there in Kansas City. What happens if Tyree Wilson drops to to the Raiders. I know mm-hmm. Edge is Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, but wow, Tyree yes. Wilson can go number two to Houston. Number two. That yep. could be the first Edge guy or Will Anderson. So let's say Will Anderson goes higher than expected and Tyree Wilson is there for the Raiders. I got no problem with that. I have no problem at seven with Witherspoon, Tyree Wilson, or obviously CJ Stroud or Christian Gonzalez. So that's why I'm staying home, Q, Mm -hmm. at 7. I'm staying home because I think there's going to be chaos early in the first three or four picks. You got me sold. You
1: really do. You have me sold on staying home. That's a good idea. Tyree Wilson would be fantastic. I got a chance to talk to him. He said he'd love to play across from Max Crosby. He mentioned Chandler Jones. Uh, He mentioned Las Vegas. He said, I've been a Raider my whole life from high school, college. I'm a Red Raider, and I would love to be a Las Vegas Raider. He told me that. You'll hear that later on this afternoon on Unnecessary Roughness. But, yeah, he said, I've been a Raider my whole life. This this guy JT they were getting beat pretty bad Texas Tech was by TCU and TCU was about to score at the end of the game. He was already checked out of the game, him and the other starters, and he checked himself back in a couple and a couple mm-hmm. other starters and said we don't want them to score again. We're going to go and have a goal line stance right now, and that they did, and then went the other way and scored a touchdown. So that's the kind of guy that he is. That's the sound, same kind of motor that a Max Crosby has.
0: Q, last one. I have two players i trade back into the first round after 12 or 13. The first 12, 13, 14 go. I think if can see the defensive tackle out of Pitt mm-hmm. is there or Joey Porter Jr., and they don't go corner at number 7, I'd go flying back into the first round. Whatever they need, I'd go get it. If the Raiders can get out of here day one with two starting defenders Mm -hmm. who are really high-value players, what more would you want? Of course you want a great sixth-rounder. Of course you want a great fifth. But how about taking the defense and going into the first meeting with Patrick Graham going, hey, guys, look around. We brought in a ton of depth in the offseason. We brought in Spillane at linebacker, Epps at safety, and I just delivered two first-round defenders – I mean, there's a lot more to do, but not that much more if you're filling in all those blanks.
1: I'm with you 100%. I would love that. I think the Raiders would as well. I think they'd do a cartwheel all the way up to see the commissioner, right, to try to do that. I think, really, they can get a defensive lineman maybe at 7 and get a cornerback later. And I'll I'll give you this name. I'll throw it out there. Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. He's not very heavy. He's only about 170 pounds. But you want to talk about ball production, 14 career interceptions, 6 career pick 6s under his belt. So uh, the young man from Mississippi State, that guy Mm -hmm. can get. It done. So I would love to see the Raiders, and I think you can get him around 25, 26. I'd love to see them trade back into the back end of, of round one and grab a guy like Emmanuel. Yeah, Forrest. I think
0: this is the year to do it unless I'm missing something. 12 picks. If you're not going to package a couple of them and move up, I just don't know why you would want 12. But right. we're going to watch Dave Ziegler last year. We didn't have a first and second round because of Devontae, and I thought that worked out well getting that player in here. Tell us about the show queue and what you got lined up here over the next couple of days in KC.
1: Yeah, just got a lot of the audio. I talked to Christian Gonzalez. I talked to C.J. Stroud, Jalen Carter briefly, Tyree Wilson, Anthony Richardson, Daniel Jeremiah, Charles Davis, Joel Klatt. That was wow. just all this morning. I got all those guys, so we'll sprinkle them in the next few days as, you know, the draft goes along and, of course, this afternoon as well. Plus, we're going to finish up our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft that we got going on. You can see it in the studio on the window there. We've mm-hmm. been having a lot of fun with that, just kind of playing along with different beat writers across the country. So uh, that's what we're doing, man. We're having fun. We're going and blowing. It's it's, it's draft time. Let's go.
0: Great job, Q. Thanks a lot for doing this.
1: Appreciate you, brother. All
0: right, there he is, Q Myers, man. What a difference with him here running the station. I mean, the guy got out to Kansas City. I mean, the guy gets us an Airbnb at the Super Bowl. I mean, the guy gets stuff done. I'll tell you, he gets stuff done. And, God, how many people does he have on his show today? He's got like 12, 13 guys, man. That's good, solid radio. What we're doing tomorrow is we move time slots. I'm anchoring the draft again for another year with – Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy. I'll do it inside the Raiders facility right underneath the war room. They keep telling me that. They're right above you. Well, I go, that doesn't do me any good unless you have a glass ceiling or something. But they're right above us. And they're going to be there. So we'll be there from 3 to 5. I'm going to be there 3 to 5. Then I'm going to appear at the Raiders draft party that they're doing. And then I'm heading to the black hole over at the ghost bar at the Palms. Pacing. I've got to pace myself. Yes. Oh, and hockey. Oh, what am I talking about, man? Game five. I'll be watching that. I'll be watching that for sure. So we're excited. When you have an opportunity to be on the radio for the NFL draft and interact with you, the great fans of the Raider Nation, we take advantage of that. Also, when we come back, we got Vinny Bonsignor. We're going to play a few minutes of Aaron Rodgers' press conference. Why? He's Aaron Rodgers, and he's a Jet. That's the biggest story. It broke the Internet today, along with the Lakers playing – how about Trey Young's Trey Young's Dagger 3 to beat your Celtics? What is that all about? And the Golden Knights. Let me tease ahead with the Golden Knights for a second. I was just talking to Doug, a couple of guys in our building here. Very important. I'm trying to build the Golden Knights on this station on top of the Raiders behind it because it, I do a lot of Golden Knights content here. They cannot get on the plane and go back to Winnipeg. They cannot. Winnipeg is a pain in the ass to get to even if you're on a team charter. That doesn't have to go through an airport. It's a pain in the ass. You don't want to go back to Winnipeg. Win the game here, and the Kings and Oilers don't play till Saturday, and then they're not gonna, so we can have Mark Stone and everyone so, sleeping in their own houses, in their own beds, relaxing in town for days, waiting for Edmonton and Conor McDavid to come here. We do not want to go back to Winnipeg and then have to win it here. It's great to have Game Seven at home. We don't want anything to do with that. So VGK, Vegas born, get going, 702-365-9200. I've been waiting to say this for a couple of months. I've been waiting to say this for a couple of months. Raider Nation, unite! You're on the clock. Your picks, the remainder of the show, that's the show. You get through, who are you picking? I want the name. I want the position. That's it. I don't want your second round pick. I don't want your third. If you have them getting two in the first round, give me both names. Simple show. You're on the clock. You're the Raider Nation. You're the most notorious fan base in professional sports. Who you got? Who do you got going number seven? Or do you have a trick up your sleeve? I still think they might have a trick up their sleeve. I don't like it. I like staying at home at seven, man. I've said that. But look, this is why we brought in Dave Ziegler. He was brought in and vetted. He vetted the Raiders to have this moment. So get behind Dave Ziegler. This is is your coach and GM going into your lifeblood, your life, the Raiders. Please root for them. Okay, all those other guys who have been really aggro and crazy and nuts, you know, the Twitter tough guys you never see, get them out of your life for about 48 hours. Let me get the positivity of the Raider Nation pulling for everyone, the owner, The GM, the coach, can we do that before the draft? We don't do it any other time. We don't. How about doing it here for the next 48 hours or three days, pulling for the owner, the GM, and the coach to thread the needle and get it right? I think that is a requirement in the Raider Nation. Let's hear from some people who think they know what the pick is, and we come back. We'll have a little bit of Aaron Rodgers and Vinny Bonsignor, my boss at SiriusXM, Steve Cohen. He's now working on NFL radio. He's calling in going to Kansas City, and the football guru, Russell Baxter, will join us. What a big show. As we continue, we begin. i got to get out the show tweet at JT the Brick and also the debut of the JT father and son mock draft coming out today.
2: back to the JT The Brick Show and it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonseñor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group.
1: Well, I think it'll happen naturally. I don't want to, you know, force anything, uh, be unauthentic. I just want to be myself and it's done me well in the past. I think the hardworking part, uh, setting the example for the young guys, bringing everyone along, getting everyone on the same page. I think those are the little things that go a long way and just, like I said before, I'm trying to bring an energy to this building, get everyone going in the right direction and when you have that passion, when you play with passion on the field, I think it translates to the building, too. That's what I'm trying to do.
0: Jimmy G, that's such an important soundbite. He said bring energy to the building. It's not about him. I mean, we got the guy. Jimmy G's the guy for now. But do the Raiders say they cannot miss a quarterback in this draft? We've talked about this countless time with, times with Vinny Bonson. You are kind enough to join us. Our great insider and teammate here in the mornings on Raider Nation Radio, Vegas Nation, everything he does, all the content he's putting out. Man, a lot of content, Vinny. I mean, where would you rank this in your content calendar, the draft, or leading into the regular season? Well, what What leads the way for you?
2: Well, given how I just filed my last first-round preview <laughs> – uh, just a few and posted it uh, just a few minutes ago yeah it 's been a it 's been pretty nonstop and and it, and it ranks way up there um in terms of just the volume of work you know going all the way back to the scouting combine writing mm-hmm. off the the senior bowl and the east west shrine game. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it, and I can only imagine how much it goes into it when you're Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and the uh, the scouting staff and Ch- Champ Kelly uh, and everybody else that's been involved, uh, you know, times 32 across the, across the NFL. Everybody is ready to cross that finish line uh, and really, truly get started tomorrow night when the NFL commissioner kicks this thing off.
0: How does C.J. Stroud go from maybe being number one to clearly 1A? to maybe now being out of favor where he can drop potentially to the Raiders at number seven.
2: Yeah, and if I was the Raiders, I would uh, not walk but run up to the uh, podium with a commissioner uh, to hand my draft card in there with the name C.J. Stroud. Stroud. You know, I went back yesterday and looked at the tape uh, as much as I could find again on on YouTube and and elsewhere on the internet just to see what am I missing here because I've liked him from the very beginning and I watched it again uh, yesterday and I'm like... What, I don't care whatever the the S two test score was or you know any any of that. The Raiders say that it's not one of their tools. They have other tests that they utilize. But there's no way anybody can tell me that C J. Stroud can't read a defense or doesn't have the um, uh, the necessary traits when you watch him on film and he does exactly what you're asking every quarter of any good quarterback uh, to do. And he's elite in that regard. So I'm not buying it. Uh, I, I think there are some teams. Uh, for for whatever reason are um, and 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 that's fine and I think that that could be a, a a bonus for the Raiders if 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 enough teams talk themselves out of drafting him uh, ahead of them.
0: Vinny, I'm telling you, I'm not changing. I've, I've told you from day one I have Weatherspoon and Gonzalez, but this would change me if Stroud's there. I like Stroud a lot, a lot, and I love everything about him. If he drops to number six, I still wouldn't move. I wouldn't give up any capital to move. That's just me, but Dave's got a different philosophy here. But, man, you're reading some mocks today. If C.J. Stroud, if, he, if he's not there at two and they don't take Levis, at least Levis or Stroud or Richardson should drop to seven. If the quarterback isn't taking at two and three, then there's a real chance with Detroit not taking a quarterback, Seattle not taking a quarterback. That could change the whole vibe in the war room.
2: Yeah, it definitely can, and, and there could be a scenario where at least two of those quarterbacks are there for the Raiders, right, at number seven. And we're going to find out if those are the two quarterbacks, if either of those two quarterbacks are quarterbacks that the Raiders truly, truly valued as the guy. And here's the thing, and that's, the, that's how you have to preface this. I don't think that Dave Ziegler is in the business whatsoever of just taking a quarterback that falls to him at number seven. Uh, he's going to take the quarterback that he feels is the quarterback, with a capital T. And there's a big difference between those two uh, ideas. And and I don't know if it's C.J. Stroud. I know that they like C.J. Stroud, and, and, and I know they've been connected to C.J. Stroud. Uh, and I know that there have been other reports that said it's either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, Uh, For the Raiders, um, we'll see. You know, come at number seven if CJ is there or or any other quarterback uh, is there. But here's my thing. If you feel like um, you have a chance in this draft to get the guy, your guy, go get him, you know, uh, because you never know when you're going to be in that position again, uh, close enough to get a guy that you feel could be a a difference maker at that position. And I get it, and I understand that there's a line of thinking that says, well, just build the team, which I totally understand, and you should do that if the guy that you believe is the guy isn't there. Uh, But how many teams have we seen over the years, uh, JT, that have this great roster, but they're lacking a quarterback? And you can spin your wheels forever, and that roster that's really good to get old really quick, and guys are going to be graduating or leaving as free agent or become more expensive uh, to you. And guess what? You never got the quarterback to capitalize on the roster. We've seen that over the years many times. So I'm of the belief that if you feel like that quarterback is there, get him right now.
0: Only if you believe there's two or three next year better than the best one here or the best one A, there's two or three, then – Really, what's the difference next year if you trade two number ones instead of a one and a high number two and all that? Could could that be in the mindset of a couple of other teams saying, you know, I like them, I don't want to reach for them, and next year maybe I'll be poised to go all in, all in with we giving up a couple of first round picks. We're seeing all these quarterbacks move. Is there any talk of how much better potentially the quarterbacks can be next year, or no?
2: Well, I mean, I think there's a definite understanding that you know you might have a you know a Patrick Mahomes two. In uh, USC's Caleb Williams, but to, but to you know forecast, to, hey, we could always get Caleb next year. Man, for that to happen, number one, the only way you can ensure that you do is by basically losing every game you play next year, because you're going to have to be at the top of the draft. Or you gotta hope that whoever does finish at the top, maybe maybe the the Jacksonville Jaguars have some calamity that happens and their offensive line gets hurt, whatever, and they lose a bunch of games and, and they've won one game and they still have Trevor Lawrence there, saying, hey, Trevor's our guy, uh, we'll trade out, of, we'll be willing to trade out of this pick uh, if somebody wants to come up and get Caleb Williams. But short of that, anybody that finishes with a bad record um, and is at the top of the draft, they're probably going to want Caleb Williams and the North Carolina quarterback uh, at number two. So, so saying that, mm-hmm. hey, next year's quarterbacks are going to be better, we'll wait on that, okay, that might be the case. But how are, you have, how are you guaranteeing yourself access to those quarterbacks? And that goes back to my original argument of teams that have had really good rosters but were shortchanged. Those rosters had been shortchanged over, over, the, over their, uh, the course of time, because it, that they weren't able to get the quarterback to maximize that roster. And when I'm talking about maximizing rosters, mm-hmm. I'm talking about winning Super Bowls. I'm right. not talking about just getting to the playoffs or things like that. I'm talking about winning Super Bowls. And it usually comes down to who is the best quarterback on the field come Super Bowl Sunday when everything else was, was equal. So that's, that's why I'm like, if, you, if, if, it's, if it's there for you right now, go get it. But only, only, only. If you truly believe and have a conviction that that's your guy. Uh, otherwise, you avoid that and go get the next best player available, uh, whether it's defense or offense or whatever the case might be, and go build this roster out.
0: Uh, Vinny Bonsignor, uh, Vinny, I got to ask you this one. How far could they move back in the first round, which would just send a signal to everyone that they're not going to wait for a star at seven? They're not moving up for a potential superstar. And the whole message in the whole draft is we're acquiring more picks. I I don't know what – they could still move up in the second, third, but I'm just saying the message – If we're talking about a team that's sitting at 7 and they go back to 22, 23, 25 because they see some value there, it's tough to say, man, you're really giving up guys you know are going to be better most likely than the guys at 26, 27, but the message will be sent, hey, this is what we're doing. We we find this more feasible for the long-term value of this organization.
2: Yeah, the only way I see them uh, trading into the 20s is if they trade twice, trade back twice. And if they do that, that means they 're picking up a whole lot of uh, other assets. so the first trade gets you maybe to fifteen let 's say right and maybe you pick up a second round pick and a few and a, and a, and a, and a fourth round pick this year i 'm just throwing you know uh, numbers out there and then somebody for at twenty five decides we want to move to fifteen and now you trade back again and and um, you know pick up maybe another second round pick and whatever else. You can get, that's the only way I see them dropping that far back, but I do see the possibility of them dropping to 11, 12, maybe even to 15 for the right offer. If they believe that it's that, that at 15 or 14 or 13 or wherever they trade back to, uh, leaves them in position to be able to get somebody that they feel, uh, you know, is going to help them right now. So let's say, let's say they like Witherspoon, but he goes to the Lions at number six. You know, could you see a scenario I could where where the Raiders say, okay, um, you know, we like Joey Porter next as our as our as our best cornerback. But we don't feel like he's worth maybe taking that seven. Let's trade down at 11 or 12 and still get him or 15 and still get him or maybe uh, Peter Skaronsky, uh, the the offensive lineman from Northwestern. So you still leave the first round with a great player uh, that you feel is going to contribute like right away, especially in your system. And you've accumulated some other picks along the way.
0: And finally, Vinny, Derek Carr got to the NFC. The NFC, no debate is easier at the quarterback position. And Aaron Rodgers is out of the NFC. When Carr got there, at least he still had Aaron Rodgers, a couple other ones. Now, Rodgers has gone to the AFC. What is your mind thinking now when you look at the NFC window with all the quarterbacks now that are in the AFC? I mean, this is a loaded quarterback depth chart in the AFC. And another big one comes in with Aaron Rodgers to the Jets.
2: Yeah, and and Jimmy G also left the uh, the, the the NFC, um, and I got, we're talking about a guy that's been to a Super Bowl and multiple NFC Championship games. So that's another uh, quarterback that's no longer in the NFC picture. Look, Derek Carr went from arguably the fourth best you know quarterback in his division, and I say that with a lot of respect because there's some great quarterbacks in this division, to maybe the fourth best quarterback, third best quarterback uh, in his conference now in the NFC. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts. Matthew Stafford, when 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 he's healthy, um, you know I'm probably missing some guys, but it, but after you start talking about those couple of names, all of a sudden it's there's a lot of question. Daniel Jones is he Dak, Dak Prescott? You know are we talking? These aren't like you know um, uh, championship caliber uh, or have even gotten their teams that far to uh, you know conference championships other than a Matthew Stafford, and, and there's some uncertainty with his health and and jalen hurts after that who's quarterbacking in the nfl that is you know that that we can just definitively say yeah that that's a guy that you know you can see uh, an nfc ch- uh, championship team for i don't I, I just don't i don't i don't see it I don't
0: okay see it. uh Vinny, there will be a lot of tequila poured over the draft weekend with the golden knights in a critical win coming up where can we get it
2: yeah, well, uh dose uh and you could go to uh all the local liquor liquor stores uh and grocery stores here in here in Las Vegas uh and and get that. And I would I would definitely uh stock up because I think tomorrow and this weekend uh is going to be a pretty special one uh for the Raiders or potentially a pretty special one for the Raiders as they reset uh and retool uh, at certain positions and certainly we're all rooting for the uh, for the Golden Knights to uh to to go ahead and take care of business uh and get to that next
0: round absolutely take care Vinny. we'll talk to you tomorrow from inside the facility thanks so much
2: all right have a good one you guys
0: yeah we'll have Vinny joining us tomorrow with Eric Allen and a big part of tomorrow's show uh, some of the guests we have what we'll be doing live inside the Raider facility so that's going to be a big deal big deal a really big deal because we're going to have two hours of very good content leading up to everything that's going to be happening here on draft day so I'm excited I'm excited. I'm always excited to be a part of this broadcast, and it'll be tomorrow when we'll hear from Vinny, and we'll have a lot to say on that. Hey, everybody, do you know the Cosmopolitan Sunset Cocktail Hour? Wow, I got the menu here in front of me. That's every Friday from 5 to 7 on the pool deck, and Remy Martin's a big part of it. EXO, and right off into the sunset. The two cocktails also that will be at the M Resort where I'm hosting an event Saturday night at 6 o'clock for the Raiders. The M Resort, Remy Morton's a part of that. They have Anthony's Brunch, the elevated luxury brunches every Sunday over at the M Resort from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Half-off bottles. Which is great. Uh, featured PC 10 Bloody Marys, which are going to be amazing. And then the Golden Monkey at Resorts World. That's the new tiki bar. Uh, try the new menu, including the Mount Gay Mai Tai. Wow, we're doing a lot with Remy Martin. We're activating them all over the valley because we team up for excellence and hopefully the excellence of the Raiders and the draft coming up here. 702 9200. Raider J out in San Jose. Go ahead, start us off.
3: How you doing, JT? Man, listen to your show every day. Don't always have the chance to call in, but I heard you you today and I had to call you, brother. So here's what I think, man. I don't like it, but this is what I think is going to happen. The Raiders are going to trade up in the draft and they're going to draft a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because a month ago or two months ago, they were willing to do that to try to get the first round pick. So there's got to be a quarterback or two, maybe three, that they really like. I think Ziggler and, and Coach McDaniels, they want to get their franchise 10-year quarterback.
2: Mm-hmm. If they
3: were willing to do that a month or two ago, to cast everything to the wind to get that, I still think they're going to try to do that with uh, maybe with the second team, mm-hmm. with with Houston or with the, the Cardinals. I think Hunter Renfro, unfortunately, I think he's going to be, a part of that somehow, mm-hmm. some way, you know, as a as a sweetener to get to move up. I think but I also think that the Raiders are gonna do something special to get back into the first round and, and draft a defensive player. That's what I think. But I think they wanna go after one of these one of these picks. I think they hedge their bets with Jimmy mm-hmm. G saying, hey, if we don't get our franchise guy We'll get, we'll have him. We can live with Jimmy for a couple mm-hmm. years. But I think that's what's going to happen.
0: All right. I appreciate what you're saying there. This is what jumps out at me, and I've been doing this a while. You didn't need to bring in Jimmy G. You didn't need to bring in Jimmy G if you're going to get a quarterback here. You just go keep Jared Stidham. You don't let him out the door. You give him a little bit more. He stays. You bring in Brian Horry to be the backup. You draft a quarterback. Jimmy D- G is different. Jimmy G is really good. He is really good. If you don't think that, then you haven't watched the Niners and what they've done the last couple of years. Now, is he healthy all the time? No. But as I sit here, he's healthy. Or he will be healthy, really big-time healthy when the season starts, and we'll talk about Jimmy G leading the team out of the tunnel with experience and the ability to be better in the red zone. The most common question asked of me personally, Bolitnikoff's banquet, every time I'm out, I bump into Raider fans, what do you think about the quarterback, Derek Carr or Jimmy G.? I say, what do you think? Well, I'd rather have had Carr. Okay, fine. Jimmy G's better in the red zone. Jimmy G wins more. Jimmy G wins playoff games. You don't want to give that a chance? You want to go back with Derek another year? I would have been fine with that. Derek would have stayed a quarterback. The Raiders would have had this pick. They could have went all defense and maybe did that. They chose not to do that. They did not want Derek Carr in this offense anymore. After nine years of no playoff wins, we wished him well. We continue to wish him well. The organization is making a pivot to try to win at a bigger level and a more consistent level. And then I got the Raider fan who chimes in and goes, well, then how would we go from 10 to 6 wins? I'm like, great question. They did because they deconstructed a roster that they don't like. Don't you understand that this roster wasn't sustainable to make the playoffs or win? They had to win four in a row miraculously against some pretty bad quarterbacks, wink, wink, to get in the playoffs, and Rich Passaccia deserved all the credit in the world for that, and he got it on this show. Still, they didn't like the roster. They didn't like the roster. Did you see the draft picks the last couple of years that we all thought, okay, maybe we'll give these guys a shot, they'll play? Disaster. Now they've got to do it on their terms, but they got to get it right. Just as much pressure on Dave as there was on Reggie McKenzie and Mike Mayock and everybody else. Everybody's got to get it right now. We thought they were getting it right. They didn't. It's got to be right now. It's pretty easy for everybody to see. But there shouldn't be infighting in the Raider Nation to try to build something correctly that could be much better. That's the push that you should have to every Raider fan who doesn't get this. Just say right back to him, go, do you want to get this right You've wanted to get it right for 20 years. I've been here for all of it. You want to really get it right? Let these guys put their eyeballs on it with their scouts and their personnel department to see if they can get it right. And if they don't get it right, they won't be here. We all won't be here. That's all this is. It's really simple. But there's so much infighting and negative energy. What did we do in the last game? What happened out there? Who's – relax, as Rogers says. We'll hear from him coming up next, and we'll take your calls. We need your pick for the draft. Here in a little over 24 hours. Raider Nation, take the day off on Thursday. Celebrate the silver and black and get ready for the draft. I want to get, 12, I want to get 12, 12 contributing players, you know. And so, um, yeah, we put that pressure on, on ourselves, and I put that pressure on, on myself, and Josh puts the pressure on himself. And just as a, as a, as a scouting department, we feel that pressure in a good way because um, I think that pressure drives you. You know, it
4: drives you when you're when you're meeting for 15 straight days, um, you know, there, there's a, a monotony that can, you know, that you could let grow in. But um, I think that pressure, that motivation to get it right, that motivation to improve the team, though, that's the pressure that that keeps us, um, you know, keeps us pushing and keeps us focused and dialed in.
0: Dave Ziegler, big day tomorrow. JT back with you as we continue on. We're excited about the draft. You should be, too, and we'll have full coverage for you tomorrow on the flagship of the Silver and Black. All day, all day, all day coverage. Next hour, Russell Baxter, one of the key researchers in the history of ESPN and and the NFL draft and their coverage, and my boss, Steve Cohen from SiriusXM, who now is an insider, and he's a diehard Raider fan. Um, Let me tell you about this guy. He's special. He built SiriusXM and all their sports channels, and he's a Raider fan, and he wanted to come on and talk about the draft, and when your boss says he'll come on, you put him on. So we'll do that in about a half hour. Uh, Hardcore Raider joins us, and I'll make this announcement. This will be his final Hendon Hooker call before the draft of him coming to the Raiders. Do we have that clear, my friend?
4: And 20 years of Raiders bat, dra- uh, draft bus where we have not got a quarterback. You know, the, the best quarterbacks in the league, league have sat at least for a year before they went into the, you know, to start as a quarterback. Brady to Bledsoe, Rogers to Favre, Steve Young to Montana, Mahomes, Alex Smith, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz. No one had Jalen Hurts in the first round. Nobody wanted Jalen Hurts. They all said he was going to be a bust. So with the seventh overall pick, Raiders are not going to sit on the sidelines no more, and they go and they get the best quarterback in this draft, Hendon Hooker, who's going to lead the Raiders and Raider Nation to multiple Super Bowls. Hendon Hooker becomes a Raider, and he is the best quarterback in this draft. Let's go, Raiders!
0: Okay, that would I, you know? Normally, a radio host would say, "Then I'll walk all the way from here to Oakland, or I'll do that if they do that." Uh, he might—he's been saying Hendon Hooker for a while. He's used up a lot of this airspace on this channel to say that. Hey, how about the leader of the Black Hole in Las Vegas, the president of the Black Hole, Black Hole Cisco, joining us ahead of the Black Hole Draft Party at Ghost Bar coming up tomorrow? How are you, Cisco? I'm um, well, JT. How are you doing? Good. Fill us in on the party because I always say the more the merrier. That is an iconic location. Many a nights when the Palms opened, I'd be up there with the Maloofs, name dropping, looking out at the city behind me, and that was 20-plus years ago. Tell me about the party.
4: Oh, man, we can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Hey, most importantly, a, a Raider will be born. So we just want everybody to come out. You know, we've been doing this for a long time, JT, as you know, and we just love to get Raider Nation involved have a place to hang out, have a good time. You know, the Coronas, the Modellas will be on ice, drink specials, the Three Amigos. What what more do you want?
0: Not much at all. I'd like more people to sign up and become members at theblackhole.com. It's right there. Sign up. Become a member of the Black Hole so you can walk into a tailgate in Arizona. You could do it in Green Bay. You could do it in Detroit with the shirt and say, I'm a member of the Black Hole. I think that's very important as we grow the Black Hole going forward out of Vegas.
4: Yeah, you're absolutely right. The Memberships are up in, on the uh, website right now. They'll, they'll ship on uh, next Friday, to be exact. Cinco de Mile is mm. one they'll be shipping out. So go ahead, place your orders now. And, you know, we got 35, 36 chapters. We, you know, want to grow mm. more. So. Hey, join football's most notorious fans, Raider Nation.
0: And Cisco, how important are those black hole chapters around the country that started off with just one or two people saying, hey, I want to be involved with what you're doing in Oakland, in Oakland, because that's where it started, and now they have a real membership, 30, 40, 100, 150 members in their group. Tell us about that.
4: Oh, man. Well, you know, hey, i got to give it to our guy upstairs, Rob Rivera. He mentored me. He he taught me the way, the aloha spirit, and, you know, we just – we do what we do, man. We want good people. We want to welcome everybody with the aloha spirit, and, and people are proud to to be a part of a chapter and say they're a part of the black hole. And we can't thank them enough for even even saying that. You know, it brings gives me goosebumps. You know that people actually feel the way they do, and we just try and do the best job we can to keep them, uh, you know, in our hearts, and, and we bless them all.
0: See you tomorrow. Thanks a lot, buddy. You got it, buddy. All right, there he is, Black Hole Cisco, jumping in here. He'll be at the Black Hole party. Bobby, do we have a few seconds here or do that? We'll do that next hour. We've had it queued up. We want to get to Aaron Rodgers' press conference. We'll play that. Coming up, we have a little bit of a window to do that next hour. That hour flew by. Remember, tomorrow, we're on from 3 to 5 from the Raider facility, anchoring the Raider draft coverage here, along with Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy. So that starts off tomorrow, and then on Friday – I'm anchoring the coverage from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock from the Raider facility as we do it again. All of it on the YouTube channel, on the Raiders app. You can't miss it, and on Raider Nation Radio.